guys. It's not anywhere in the book. Hey y'all, Agent X here. Instead of a podcast this week, I'm coming at you with a workshop on the principles of AA, especially from two wives and uh, the family afterwards. I know, controversial, but I'm Controversial Carol, so hope y'all enjoy. In keeping with our purpose as a group, we present workshops on the three legacies of AA, recovery, unity, and service. We do this to help our members get a better understanding of Alcoholics Anonymous and how we live the AA 12-step 12-step program of recovery as a way of life. Tonight we are presenting a workshop on the topic of spiritual principles of two wives. Gasp. (laughs) Please welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Hi everyone. I'm a recovered alcoholic. Thank you for having me here. Welcome to everybody who's new. Oh my God. Like, uh, I don't use the word recovered to separate myself from anyone. I use it as a way to deliver a message which carries depth and weight because what I'm suffering from with alcoholism is a terminal progressive illness that's not treated by time. You know, I should be dead. And there's a solution here. There's a solution here. I absolutely do not love it, but it is the only thing that worked. And so, um, you know, if you are new, this place will work for you if you do all the required work. You know, it's very cool. It's a very cool thing. Uh, it's pretty funny, like, um, a, a couple months ago, somebody in this group was like, does anyone have a suggestion for a workshop? And I was like, yeah, I do. The principles of two wives. And I think I said it out loud as I hope that someone else would do it, you know? And then, um, it turns out, you know, this morning, like two hours ago, I was like, oh, I should probably work out the workshop for the principles of two wives. But you know, what's so cool about that is that AA, there's no bosses. Like you can actually just learn things in AA and have an experience with the big book and have an experience with the work and then go help other people with it. That's fucking rad, man. That's anarchy, actually. We're not a cult. We are anarchists. You know, there's, I didn't even ask anyone permission. And um, I've just had some experience with this stuff and um, found a way that I can live sober and grow spiritually. And that's really cool. Um, if you're new, all of this stuff sounds crazy, but I think that um, I kind of have been able to put out a way that we could talk about all of AA, what we're doing here, you know, the illness that I suffer from and the solution to it, and then what it looks like after the 12 steps, you know, AA is a 12-step program. Um, it's nothing else. AA meetings don't treat what I have. I wish they did. They're a great place to come, but, you know, I, I have actions that I have to take in order to um, recover from this illness, and then after 12 step. You, it would have been awesome if I would have just been able to graduate, you know, like recover doesn't mean that I graduate Alcoholics Anonymous. It means that something has happened by step 10. It's laid out in the step 10 promises. It's the sickest shit you'll ever read if you have alcoholism, you know, that says that I'm not suffering from um, whether or not I pick up a drink anymore. And that's so dope to me, you know, so I've recovered from this one place, but for me to stay in the state, I have to keep doing work. And that's where these principles come in. You know, the 12th step of AA, the 12th step of AA is that I will have a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. And then I will be able to practice these principles in all of my affairs. So I'm going to have to learn what those two things are, you know. Um, the first thing that I'd opened my book to when I decided to write this up was page 93. And I didn't think it through that it's a big book study, but not everybody has big books. Don't worry, I speak loud enough. You can all, you'll all be able to keep up and follow along. I think what we'll, we'll do instead of going to the principles of two wives, because that's what happens after step 12, you know, that's what happens and how I grow spiritually after I've done all the required work of the 12 step program of AA. So to get there, we have to actually really start from the beginning. And it's you can ask me to speak on any step, and I'm always going to have to speak all the way up there. So if you're new, don't worry. I promise I'll catch you up. Um, so uh, by t- step 12, it's it tells me the first principle. You know, it tells me what it's going to take. And on page 93, I just opened up the big book to two wives, and it said, the main thing to to recover, to help someone else, is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he live on spiritual principles, you know? That's the requirements for recovery. And first of all, if you're anything like me, that sounds stupid and absolutely not. You know, that's not something I'm at all interested, but I really had to understand what it was that I was suffering from. 
Um, AA is a guide that sets out clear cut directions on how to recover from alcoholism. And by step 12, we will have had a spiritual awakening and be equipped to practice the principles we've learned throughout the steps in all of our affairs. If you choose not to participate in the 12 step program of action, that's totally your choice and that's okay. But if you do choose to participate in the AA program, AA's program isn't a suggestion. What that means is that there's requirements and rules to recover. You know, at the end it says, these are suggestions only, but that's after it's told me that there's like a whole bunch of musts and requirements, and I kind of like grammar. So like English language alone, you actually can't have a suggestion and a rule at the same time, you know. Suggestions are kind of, not really. Um, and, and all ideas of outside building comes after the suggestions of other things in AA come act, after step 11, you know. So we've done a lot of work and we've actually got the solid foundation of having the alcohol problem be removed from us before we start looking at all of that stuff. So um, I was going to start on page 30 and I'm sorry, it's going to be kind of annoying without big books, but you know, I have been told I'm a bit entertaining. So hopefully you guys can keep up with that. Um, so on page 31, this is one of my favorite parts of AA. It says, despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe they're in that class. By every form of self-deception and experimentation, they'll try to prove themselves exceptions to the rule, therefore non-alcoholic. You know, so we're talking about the rules. My rule of alcoholism is it's a two-symptom illness. And unfortunately, you can go to a lot of AA meetings and not hear what alcoholism is. You know, that's going to be a big problem because this program is a lot of work, dude, you know, if I'm not really aware of what I'm suffering from, there's no way in hell you're going to make me amend, have me make an amend to Tammy, you know what I mean? So I have to really understand what it is that I'm suffering from. Uh, I have a two-part illness. The first is that I have something called the phenomenon of craving. When I start drinking alcohol, I can't comfortably stop. You'll hear people in AA say, I can't stop. Well, I could stop, you know. I had a fancy husband, and what that looked like is we could go to fancy lunch, you know, and I could socially have two glasses of wine and stop drinking and uh, force myself to do that so I wasn't embarrassing. And um, he would have two beers at lunch and stop drinking and go back to work, and I would ask him, like, well, how did you feel after you stopped drinking and went back to work? And he said, sleepy. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I feel like I want to rip my skin off of my body when I have to stop drinking alcohol. And he didn't relate to that, you know. I'd been with this person for years. I, um, I'm now actually this year going to be married as many years sober as I was drunk, which is pretty cool to talk about. But um, I had no idea that that he didn't experience that that phenomenon of craving. And when a, a, a alcoholic woman sat down and opened the big book and read those words to me, it was the first time that, you know, my ears perked up. I'd been to a lot of therapy and counselors and drugs, and nobody had ever, you know, mentioned why I couldn't stop at my drink number, you know, and why I had hit my drink number for a very short period of time in my 20s, but then for some reason kept not being able to hit that number. And um, I was really baffled. I was really confused why I kept accidentally drinking too much. And the words phenomenon of craving finally made sense to me as to what I was physically suffering from. You know, this physical thing isn't circumstantial. It's a physical ailment that I have. And um, it is progressive. And that's why I didn't start out as, you know, poisoned from alcoholism and bedridden as I was at the end. I started out as a good time. You know, I st started out as a little bit embarrassing at times and um, until my alcoholism, the phenomenon of craving progressed. The weird thing about that is I still have that. You know, I will always be an alcoholic because I still have the phenomenon of craving. We don't have a solution for that here, you know. Um, and I suffer from a second illness, which is uh, the real problem. The real crux of the problem is my inability to will abstinence. I am unable to stay over on my willpower, even though I have willpower in other areas of my life that seems to turn out okay. And I will always talk myself into a drink, never away from it. So what I can say is that I am the rule to alcoholism, you know, I have the two symptoms of alcoholism, what I have is terminal progressive and there's no medical solution for it, you know, so that's really bad news. 
But what happens is that by every form of self-deception experimentation before AA, we see people trying to prove themselves exceptions to that rule. And by experimentation, it looks like all the things I did before I got an understanding of alcoholism, which was a lot of rules, boundaries, and limitations I'd set for myself. What about like drinking a, a a, a glass of water in between drinks or switching my brand or, you know, only drinking uh, specific alcohol levels and doing the mental alcoholic math in my head all the time, you know, all these, the self-deception experimentation, how I could just not come to AA, you know, if I didn't have to come here, I wasn't an alcoholic. And and I tried everything. I tried for 14 years not to have to come here because nobody wants to be here, you know. Um, and then the second time that this happens is in AA, unfortunately. And I'm controversial, Carol. I understand someone needs to write me a strongly worded letter. But, you know, I would say most people in AA are self-deception and experimentation once we get to AA. And what that looks like is that there's rules to recover again, isn't there? That's what we just said, the steps. Those are the rules to recover. You know, it says the first requirement and things like that. There's requirements to recover. So if I come to AA and I look at Laura and I go, well, I'm not as bad as that crazy ass. You know, I don't need a sponsor. That sounds dumb. I don't need to, you know, do the work of step five. She must just love all this. No, I don't. This is terrifying, actually. Or she must just, you know, want to make amends. No, 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 I still don't want to do that. Actually, years in, I still hate amends, you know. She just wants to do that. If I try to, that's experimentation and self-deception and trying to be an exception to the rule in AA, you know. And so, so I want to always be the cheerleader to get past that point, right? That's what we're doing here. I have the two symptoms of alcoholism, and there are rules to recover. And um, there's the rules to get sober, which is uh, if I leave something out in step five, if I don't make all my amends, including financial. And if I don't help others, I'm guaranteed not to initially recover. But after that, there's rules to stay sober. You know, those are the principles of AA. And that's really cool. You know, for me to stay sober, I'm going to have to learn what those things are. So what are principles? And the only reason that I would say that is because I went an embarrassingly long time not knowing what the word principle mean. I'm talking five years, and I take people through their steps like every week. So for five years, I had no idea what the word principle meant. But it was like um, it was like I was too far gone, and I could not admit to anybody that I didn't know what that meant. And so anything I explained to other people, it's simply because I didn't actually know it myself. So what is a principle? Well, a principle is a rule. And, you know, the first time we really look at the word is, is when we're in our resentment inventory in step four. And, and it says, you know, what are the principles that I'm resentful at? And uh, when I look at the rules, uh, say I'm resentful at the church and the church is the institution and I'm resentful at the principle, which is the rules within the church, which is, you know, don't have sex till marriage, whatever those things are. So for me, uh, there's principles to get sober, and then there's principles to stay sober, and they're all throughout the book, right? And I just think that's really amazing. And so the reason I chose principles of two wives to talk about is because, um, first of all, it's really easy to skip this chapter. Any chapter that wants to call me a woman folk can get fucked straight away, right? Like, if we're going to use these terms, you better come at me with some depth and weight. Because this is really hard for some people to get around. You know, the wording is 1935, and it's really objectionable to some people. But what I know today is that if I didn't learn this stuff, if another alcoholic woman didn't sit down and talk to these to me about this stuff, I would have really missed out on some gold that's in here, you know? And we'll We'll get there at the end. We'll get to the principles. Don't worry about that. So what are spiritual principles? Because obviously all rules aren't spiritual rules. Um, and where the spiritual principles are found are literally throughout the entire book, but mostly in working with others, two wives and the family afterwards. And so you have to kind of ask yourself, like, why 
are the principles in all these relationship parts of the book. And it's because that is where my growth is. That is where my life is. I own more cats than any person knows. And I mean like a shocking number of cats. Whatever number you're thinking I have, it's like eight or nine more than that. <laughs> I have a shocking number of cats. So uh, if the world was more cats and less people, I would have a much easier time growing spiritually. I'll just say that. But the fact is, is that my issues in recovery, sober or not, are around my relationships with other people. And I think that that's where the book uh, puts all that emphasis on where these spiritual principles are. My issue is my relationships. And that's why the rules to have better ones are laid out throughout the book and why they're so important. And Two Wives is a really interesting chapter um, because uh, they're Al-Anon principles. And I think that we forget that, you know, Al-Anon is a spiritual program for people who are addicted to control of an alcoholic, you know, they're, it's, it's the same illness and the credits of Alcoholics Anonymous don't necessarily transfer to Al-Anon. I'm the mother of a, um, actively, an active alcoholic child, an active addict child who, um, there's no reason to think that he is going to live through what he's suffering from right now. And I've been sober a really long time and, uh, tried to get to these principles with AA stuff. And, you know, a very lovely man said that those credits don't transfer, um, that I actually had to do some work in Al-Anon and to learn the Al-Anon principles as well. And that's what's laid out in Two Wives. So who needs Al-Anon principles? Because I thought I was not an Al-Anon. I was like, oh, no, those old ladies are knitting. That is not my game, you know. Uh, the truth is, is that if you are doing the amount of work required in step 12 that the big book asks you to, you need Al-Anon, you know, what it actually says I need to be doing and helping others. Um, Al-Anon's actually a pretty lovely place to sit quietly and not disclose your alcoholism, but to listen to, there are some spiritual giants there. So who needs Al-Anon? Uh, if you are a sponsor, if you are the family of an alcoholic, uh, if you are an AA, you are dealing with alcoholics all the time and anyone in a relationship anywhere. And if you interact with people, basically. So that's why I think that two wives is so important. And if we're skipping this chapter and you're dealing with any of those other human beings and any of them happen to have alcoholism, there's some really good stuff in there to look at. Um, so the first thing that I found going throughout the steps, you know, step one and two is is what I'm suffering from and my powerlessness over that. You know, step two is simply that. I am absolutely screwed with alcoholism, drunk or sober. My problem is how I feel sober. And um, that a person said, like me, sat in front of me and said that they had a solution and that they didn't like it very much either, but it worked. So the first time we start looking at the principles of how to recover was in step three, and that was on page 60. I really should have brought big books. I have the whole thing. It says the first requirement... Um, is that we're convinced that any le life run on self-will can hardly be a success. So the first, the first principle that I found in step three is of equality. Um, and don't take anything. I'm just a loser. Like, I, like I'm not speaking for AA. And there's actually principles all over this book that I don't know. This is just what I came up with that I thought was cool in the past. Uh, couple hours. So the principle of equality, which is the first thing that I see in step three, you know, that any human life run on self-will can hardly be a success. On that basis, we're almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives are good. Most people, so that's not just alcoholics, you know. Selfishness and self-centeredness isn't an alcoholic problem. This is a human problem. And when I disconnect myself and put myself as special from everybody else in the world, you know, I start to have conflicts where I'm stepping on toes and people are retaliating and my life becomes really unmanageable. So the first, um, the first principle is of equality and seeing that all people are trying to run the show. You know, uh, everyone is like an actor who wants to run the whole show, is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players is in his own way. If his arrangements would only stay put, if only people would do as he wished, our show would be great. Everybody, including himself, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. In trying to make these arrangements, our actor may sometimes be quite virtuous, 
Principles are not virtues. Virtues are just my good qualities. He may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrificing. And on the other hand, he may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. But as with most humans, he most likely has varied traits. You know, none of AA for me is trying harder. And any virtues you may see in me today are not as on a, the back of me trying to be better, you know. Any virtues you see in me today usually have come from a lot of pain and getting kicked in the ass by my own bullshit and having to work the steps around all of these things. So when we talk about the principles of step three, the first one is just becoming a man amongst men. And you hear that in AA, a person amongst people and another bozo on the bus, you know. Um, what I find is that when I get to step three, it's kind of like, what if the problem is simply I'm disconnected from God and people around me? You know, this is, this is my ego is loud, is judgmental and, uh, very assertive. And, um, she has lots of opinions about everything. You know, she speaks in long sentences is what Laura is, but you know, what if this is actually my soul and, um, what if in my, what if in my soul is God and God is compassionate and kind and quiet and speaks in much shorter sentences, you know, today I have evidence of what it looks like of coming from God. And up until AA, I never had any evidence of an ability to come from my heart. And so when it was explained to me that what if this was all just blocked off and that's alcoholism, you know, what if all of these defects of character have blocked off my head from my heart and it's no longer in communication and all I have is the hysteria of my head and what that looks like, what I look like, who looks is, is like at one of those used car dealerships, they have those floppy red balloon guys, but he's on fire, you know, that's who my head is. It's like a heavy metal band going off at all times. And, and while I'm blocked up with all these defects of character, things like being judgmental and critical and unkind and selfish and self-seeking and self-pitying, you know, it's blocked me off from any flow of, of communication with God. And it's blocked me off from other people and made me incapable of having relationships with other humans. My problem is, is relationship, isn't it? So again, that goes back to the to the wives problem. Um, all people are running around stepping on toes and retaliating, and we're all just God's kids, you know? We're all just little fucks, just like me, stepping, uh, you know, hurting each other, doing the best that they can. But when I see people as God's fallible children, such as myself, I am able to have compassion. And when I have compassion, I'm leading from my soul, which is leading of God. You know, this is the new way that I want to live. And the reason I want to live here is because I now have peace. You know, we talk about serenity. The big book says that we will know serenity and we will comprehend peace, you know, but I don't get to just live there permanently. Unfortunately, if I could do that, I would go home. You know, I wouldn't have to do all this AA stuff, but there's work to be done. Uh, so the principle of equality and being right-sized comes up again in page 66. Since I just wrote this, we're all learning this together because I have no idea. You know, we just, I don't know what's on page 66. We'll see. Uh, here we go. This is our course. So how do I become a person amongst people and a man amongst men? This is my course. You know, I realized that the people who hurt me were perhaps spiritually sick, like myself. Though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. We asked God to help show us the same them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God, save me from being angry. Thy will be done. You know, when I found out that I'm spiritually sick, just like other people, it really made sense to me. You know, what if I have this spiritual malady that's progressive and um, it makes sense as to why in the past I had had a really lovely life and that drinking too much for me wasn't circumstantial. Uh, it really bothered me every time I'd go to a therapist and they'd say, well, let's talk about your dad and let's talk about what happened when you're seven, because that wasn't my circumstance at the end. You know, the end of my drinking was a pretty fancy fairy tale um, of 
a life that kind of, I had even reached my goal weight for fuck's sake. Like it was going well at the end of my drinking on paper. So all the things that I thought that I needed to be okay at the time I had. So when I'm drinking myself to death, when I'm looking at my children and drinking away their, their, uh, my presence. And when I'm watching my husband decay into this poor desperate man trying to save his wife's life with no success, you know, it really offended me to say, well, let's talk about your dad. Because some of the times, you know, I was drinking on the best days of my life. And I was drinking because I was happy. And I was drinking because I, it was raining. And I was, it was drinking because I saw a dog that day. You know, I drink alcohol because I drink alcohol because I drink alcohol. So when I understood that I was spiritually disconnected and that there was hopefully a new way to live, that actually gave me a lot of excitement and uh, something that we, that made me understand that other people, just because I don't like their symptoms, nobody really liked mine, liked mine either. I like that meme where it's like, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at your, my best or whatever. And like the AA one is like, if you can't handle me at my worst, well, I totally understand because that shit's ridiculous, you know, like that's who I am. So I understand all that. So this is our course, the principle of being equal and being right-sized. Uh, page 72. So that sends us into step four, where what I learn about in step four is the opposite of spirituality. It is self. It is me. You know, I get to see my head for and become armed with facts about who and what I truly am. And it becomes absolutely right-sized. I'm no longer better or below anybody else. I'm just another bozo on the bus. And there's a lot of serenity there. So that's all the work and the principles that come out of step four is the opposite of God. It's the opposite of spirituality. Uh, page 72. Step five. Uh, this one's really interesting because we see our first rule to recover. So our first principle to recover. What time are we at? I don't know what we got. Jesus, we're not even close. I was like, this could be nine minutes long or this could be three and a half hours. I have no idea. Buckle up. Well, we're on step five. That's like, I'll talk faster. Step five. We see that um, we see our first rule to recover is a promise of relapse, you know, the promise of how not to recover. So that's on page 73. This is the first time that it, it starts promising me that I will drink again. You know, the, the best reason for working step five is if we skip this step, we're not going to overcome drinking. You know, there's a lot of promises, right? The, there's a lot of promises of my death and there's a lot of promises that at the time or place will come that I'll drink again if I I don't do the stuff if I have alcoholism, if I'm the rule, right? So on page 73, um, there here is uh, the first time that we look at some principles to recover after promising that I'll drink again. It says, but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the, in the sense that we find it necessary until we told someone else all of our life story. The problem with step five, however, when I'm looking at these principles, which I would like to aspire to, is it tells me that I these are about to be cast out, that all these things that I actually can't choose to change, and necessity doesn't exactly equal desire. So just because I have a need to change doesn't mean that the desire to do so is there, and that happens in step five. You know, I look at all of this stuff, and it's like bad news. You are powerless over a lot of this stuff to the point where you need God's help just to be nice. That's offensive, you know. I need to pray in the morning to be nice to my husband. That's who and what I am, you know. So I can't choose these things. I can't just wake up to be a better person. And um, that's what step five starts telling me about. But again, talking about what it looks like if I was to do better. Uh, step six, seven, eight, and nine, the only um, principle of those steps is willingness. That is so cool. And that's what I was saying in step 12 as well. That very first paragraph is that the only requirement is that I be willing to believe that I'm not God and that I'm willing to um, live a life of spiritual principles. And that's what's asked in me in step six or nine is the uh, willingness to do a bunch of shit I don't want to do, like apologize to Tammy. And I did it. I did it. Tammy. By step nine, I've had tools. I have the tools to stay sober for the rest of my life. 
That is the coolest shit I have ever read. Like by step nine, by the end of step nine, I have the tools to stay sober the rest of my life. And as our real purpose um, is to fit myself to be of maximum service to God and the people around me. And the people around me are drunk. So that's cool. I have a pretty specific primary purpose there, right? Uh, page 84, by step time, I have now become unblocked from God temporarily. My head and my heart for the first time by step 10 have become temporarily unblocked. It's very misleading in AA when you hear people say we stay sober a day at a time. Absolutely, we do not do that. I can't choose that. You know, we found that out in step one. What I do have is some really clear-cut instructions, however, to stay unblocked my head to my heart at a spiritual experience a day at a time. You know, I have access to being uh, happy, joyous, and free a day at a time. I have access from tapping out of playing God a day at a time, but I'm not being kept sober a day at a time. After step 10, that actually is promised that it's no longer a problem, which is very cool. can be if I let up on all this stuff, but that's not what we're dealing with, you know? So it's telling me that I have to continue to look out for these things because, again, I don't graduate. What it looks like in step 10 is that I actually have four sentences that are the entire program of AA, and I wish we could just, you know, let me just read them to you, and then you just follow those the rest of your life. You'll stay sober, but unfortunately, we have to build up all our way to get here. Um, I have to continue to watch out for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear because that is promised to disconnect me from God and other people, and if I do that, you know, I will drink again and I will die. Um the page 87. So this is like the coolest part. Uh, what are we going to do? Because there's all these principles that I want to live up to, but I can't do that in step five. It tells me that I have no ability to will myself nicer. You know, I can't will myself better. I can't see all my character defects and try harder. Uh, I'm really in trouble and I need to have God's help. But in page 87, it starts talking about the prayer to principles. Okay. So I can't will myself better, but what I do have, um, is, is this prayer that starts telling me about what, when I identify principles, I'm now able to bring those to God to have a new experience. Okay. So what it says is, um, we may ask, oh, we are ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no request for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work, and you can easily see why. So prayer for myself uh, today looks a lot different than what it used to. You know, my uh, my relationship with my higher power, of course, as it needs to, has expanded over the years, but the power, higher power I used to have was very much a Santa Claus higher power, you know, make me sober, where's my fucking pony, you know, and I was on a real uh, merit system with God, and the merit system was always like, if I do enough AA, if I do enough things, God will give me money, you know, men and money, this is like the the payoff and reward, and, um, and my, that I had to grow that, I had to grow to a much bigger higher power if this was going to get, um, if, if I was going to grow spiritually, and it doesn't look like that today. So when I pray for myself in these principles that we find in AA, that's not selfish. That's not self-centered. It's not selfish to pray for humility. It's not selfish to pray for compassion. And it's not selfish to pay, pay, pray for fearlessness. Okay, we're getting to the good part. I know we're running out of time, but it's going to get so good. Just wait. Okay, step 12. So really all the principles are there, you know. I am now now on a solution where, uh, since I found out that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of my problem, the solu- solution to alcoholism is altruism and God, you know, giving away and expecting nothing in return. And so we have all these chapters talking about how I give away and when and ha- and where um, and what my motivations and intentions are around that. You know, the people around me are simply drunks. I have the solution to alcoholism. I didn't make it up. I know they're like, you're American program. I just have an American accent, bro. It's, it's I haven't done anything except just read the words, you know. Um, so the program stays the same. And once you've been through it, you are now capable of helping someone else connect to their higher power. And that is altruism. Uh, page 100, I found just the best principle in step 12 
because there's so many, but I just read, uh, found the best one. And it says, both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what our present circumstances. You know, um, like I said, I have an active addict child. Uh, This year, I almost got a divorce. You know, the cash and prizes in AA isn't a perfect, special, easy life. Uh, the cash in prizes in AA is a whole new way that I get to live and a new perception in the world. Um, but when I was in the depths of my despair at the beginning of the year, um, I went to an, a, a sober AA member that I respect so much. And I said, what do I do? Look at the problems. What do I do? You know. And again, he said to me, this is years into AA. He just said, you keep your head down and you um, help the drunk in front of you. And I think this is just the most wonderful place that says that I now uh, have to walk with a new man and um, live with God in an altruistic way of just helping another alcoholic recover. And if I do that, I'm promised to be kept unharmed. And strangely enough, even though against all odds, I've been kept unharmed, you know, so it's fucking worked, like baffles the mind, right? Uh, I recover from alcoholism, but I do not graduate, like I said before. Um, I can only make spiritual progress, and what that looks like is under- is making a lot of mistakes. I've made so many mistakes, and, you know, I don't learn a lot from killing it at life. I really have just learned this whole way by becoming a fallible human. Uh, usually it looks like being people just living their life, me finding it objectionable, and uh, trying to play God and messing things up, you know, kicking all my toys over and taking your toys too, and stepping on your toes and other people retaliating, and um and, and now I just simply work the, the steps in step t- uh, 10 and 11 and, and things, th- things go differently. You know, uh, I have to do these things over and over and over until I'm dead. So there's no, uh, spiritual perfection, only spiritual progress. I yelled at a child, about my 16 year old to fuck off today. You know, that's spiritual giant that I am, you know, there's always more to learn. I'm, I never graduate from here. So. Uh, two wives in the family afterwards. My principal asset is my past and my principles are worked most in my family, you know, with my son and my husband. This is where I have to really learn all of this stuff. Uh, I will never arrive in AA. I don't become anyone. I will always stay just a drunk and a loser, uh, by the grace of God now have something I can do about that. Uh, um, so, this is the best part that I found. I wrote down all of the spiritual principles that I found in Two Wives and the Family afterwards. So if you think you're killing it in your program and you have nothing else to learn and no other things to grow spiritually, this is a nice little fact checker of how you're behaving in the world right now. Here is some of the principles of spiritual um Uh, spiritual progress. Don't indulge in the cynicism of the nations. Do not condemn others. Never be angry. And I wrote, LOL. Don't carry the world's troubles. You should see my Facebook, you know, be careful and, or be carefree and laugh, be happy, joyous and free, avoid deliberate manufacture of misery, Cheer, cheerfully capitalize on trouble. We became like $90,000 in debt in my, um, in recovery. Right. And I remember coming to my husband, I was like, it's okay. This is like a lesson around my materialism. It's so good. He's like, could you fucking hurry up and learn this lesson? Cause it's terrifying, you know, cheerfully capitalize on trouble, have paid Patience and good temper. Don't try to fix people. Don't tell others what to do. Don't be critical. One of the coolest things an older sober said is I was having trouble with my marriage. And she said, this weekend, give your husband permission to tell you every time that you criticize him. And we had a real quiet weekend, okay, because I realized every word out of my mouth was a criticism, you know. The criticism is a really big thing that I have to work on. Be helpful, not critical. Uh, do not embarrass or harm others. Don't deg- disagree in a resentful or critical spirit. Live and let live. Meet people on com- common ground and tolerance, understanding and love. Don't reproach people. Don't express disapproval or disappointment. Like, is anyone else failing? I failed this test completely. Convert errors to assets. Service to other families. Let past harms lie. Don't gossip. Look, at we're not even done. This is two chapters, right? Don't criticize or ridicule others. Take personal responsibility. Be unselfish and loving. Admit your faults. Give rather than take. Be understanding. Be sympathetic. 
be sane, be happily useful, yield to others, insist on enjoying life, be patient, tolerant, understanding, and loving, pause and count your blessings, cooperate rather than complain, think of what I can put into life instead of taking out, place all problems in God's hands, don't solve all problems at once, be willing, praise progress in others. If I have areas that I need to grow, what do I do? You know, well, I have a couple to work on. And this is, you know, the truth about finding out who and what I am. This is what spiritual progress looks like. And so if I were to skip all these chapters, because it calls me a fucking woman folk, you know, uh, I would really be missing out on a lot of, pro- of, of ways that we could grow spiritually. Dude, have you even read the fucking book?